0: if you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321. Give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast.
1: How's everybody doing this morning? So, you know, I'm thrilled about this because all of my kids are involved with ministry this morning. Um, Nana which a lot of people don't know, is one of my daughter-in-laws, is in the back. She runs all the computer stuff and I don't even know the title of her, what she does, but she's always busy, she's doing that. Katie is online. If you are online, um, I gave a shout out to my family in Tennessee, I hope you're there. Um, Katie is hosting today. Tim was singing, leading worship. I had Michael on the drums and Jeremy playing bass. Baby Roxy, so the only ones that aren't actually on stage or actually involved is uh, Chloe, the four-year-old, and Blake, the eight-year-old. We haven't, they would carry speakers if we let them, but we tell them to go to Kids Praise instead. So, um, they're over there. Now, can I tell, can I, confession time, can I just share something that was going on for me this week? If you don't want to know, you don't have to listen, you can look at your phone or something, but... For me this week, I just had the hardest time settling down with what I was going to share. And that is not a common thing for me. Um, Usually, I have a, a picture, a vision in my head, Way before the time that I'm supposed to be speaking. And up until yesterday, I, I apologized to the tech team for not sending out my scriptures on time. Leslie, I failed so badly in meeting my timer. But I had, even this morning, I got up. And I was still, I was up till 12.30 last night going over scriptures. Like, I am I missing something? I just didn't feel that lock in. And I really felt this morning, and I got up. Now the whole theme, and I'm 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 running the last leg on this three-week series of fostering gratitude. This is my mantra. Gratitude is so oof, I didn't expect to get emotional, sorry. But gratitude has been so important to me this past year. And I think that's why it was so hard to try and put it into words. Because this is how deeply it affects me and what it means to me. My prayer is this morning that whoever this hits, whoever is hearing this, that the Holy Spirit translates my fumbling words into the power of his love and grace in your life. That's my heart today. So excuse me if I feel a little flighty today and unsettled but it's because it's anchored in such a deep place in my soul. So I appreciate you putting up with me as I go through this process with you this morning. Do I have your grace? Thank you, thank you. Okay, back together again. Okay. So in my notes and as I was thinking about it this whole week, um, I get the blessing of being with Roxy, I call her Roxy, through the week while Lauren is working. And so this past week, she did something, and it just struck me. It was like God spoke to my soul at that very second. Now, it doesn't sound very spiritual, but let me finish, okay? No, she's only six months old, so it wasn't great words or anything. But she has this little toy, and it's it's a plastic thing where you... Put the ball in and it goes down this little, like, uh, I don't know, it slides and it comes out the bottom, right? And so Roxy really doesn't get the idea of putting the ball in the top. She just wants to put the ball in her mouth. That's really all she cares about. So she has this little play area and she rolls around and tries to get the ball and she's doing that. So I, I was sitting her next to her toy and showing her how to push the ball so it would go down the little thing, right? Well, I'm thinking, like, I'm being this great grandma. I'm teaching her something new. Like, oh, she's so intelligent. She's gonna totally catch this, right? She's gonna know that if you hit the ball, it's gonna go down. But instead, what she did is she just, like, with all her strength, reaches for the whole thing and shoves it into her mouth. <laughs> so now, it's not like she even cares about the ball anymore. Now she's going for this whole little toy and trying to shove this into her mouth. And at that moment, the scripture in Psalms, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I thought, you know what? I want to have that kind of attitude with God. I don't want just the little gimmicks and little things that comes down the chutes and ladders. I love church. I love being around church people and doing all the stuff we do. But I want to be so hungry for God, I just reach for the whole thing and try and shove it in my mouth. And I, I wanted to offer that to you today. There are there is a wide gamut of people here today. There are some who who are questioning if there is a God. Um, should I even try this whole thing? This whole thing that they call religion and faith. Should I even look at that? All the way to people who have been serving God for 50 years plus, and they know the depths and that love of God in great detail. But in all that, David reminds us: taste and see. How much do you want today? As the word of God comes out to you today, as his presence are here and amongst the people of God, how much do you want, are you willing to take a taste of? Because God is so good. He will not fail you. So that was an extra bonus that had nothing to do with the message, but just want to put that there for you. Think of little Roxy shoving something in her mouth. There you go. So, on this journey of trying to put together this message, and I, and I was praying throughout the day, in my evenings I was, I was reading, and I was taking in information, making notes, making my list like I do, and I kept getting this picture in my head, and I kept thinking, that is so stupid. But I'm going to share it anyway, because then you can just be along with me in my fantasies of my head. So a while ago, there was an animation movie that came out. And it was about this young chef who wanted to cook food, but he was really not good at it. But he befriended a little rat that would sit on top of his head, who was an amazing chef and an amazing cook, but he would sit underneath his chef hat and he would control everything he did by pulling his hair. Now you say, what does this have to do with gratitude? Right? I know, <clears throat> but this is what I kept saying. I was, I'd be sitting there, oh God, gratitude, gratitude, ratatouille. I don't know why I made the connection from gratitude to ratatouille, which is the name of the movie if you haven't caught on. so. And I thought, you know what, it would be so much easier to live this whole life of gratitude if I had something up on top of my head telling me which way to go and where I should look and how much of stuff I should put into my life. And I bring this question to you. What kind of meal are you preparing for the people around you? If I had it done my way, everything I cook would have spice in it including one time I made a mistake and even added cayenne pepper to an ambrosia salad. Don't know how it happened, but it was actually really good. So, but that's not always a taste. And I thought, you know what, sometimes I wish there was something else that was telling me what to do. But here's the thing, if we choose gratitude, it will change the way we act, and the meals and the way we walk our life will affect the people around us differently. So now you've got two pictures in your head, right? Roxy eating the whole toy and a little rat on top of my head. Okay, so we're good. We're off to a good start. Around 2005, my husband and I um, had a home in Diamond Bar, and we decided, uh, we found out (laughs) that we could take money out against our home, that there was equity in it so that we could do some improvements on the home. And so we did. We, We changed the roof. We put a brand new roof on it, the new windows, the granite countertops. We painted out and changed up the whole kitchen. And the next thing that we were supposed to be doing was the flooring in the house. Now on the main living room area, there was like this uh, short, white, off-white, Berber carpet. Now, in my mind, it just had to go, because all I could see was every spot under the dining room table. All I knew was that I was always spot-cleaning that carpet, and I used to dream about the polished, travertine floors, with a zero grout line and putting in hardwood floors on the stairs and down. I had these visions. Let me tell you, I would wake up at nighttime with dreams and I kept a notebook next to my bed. No, and it wasn't words from God, no. It was drawings of how I was gonna do the flooring in my house. I was so consumed in this. Now, this had been a process of probably maybe six months that we had been doing project after project, and it, this was just like a steamroll, like this was the next thing that was supposed to be happening. So, while going through that, I was also uh, reading a book, and um, it was called, or it still is called, The Storehouse Principle. Um, and we had a guest come to our church and speak, and he was one of the motivational speakers for the Dallas Cowboys, and he was a person of big reputation and stuff. So, his book was called The Storehouse Principles. So, I was reading that book every day, and I'm going through it, and I'm like, Yes, Lord, I'm gonna have a storehouse that I'm gonna be able to bless other people, and I'm gonna live without regret. And, and so, all these things, I was going through this book, and all of a sudden, there was a chapter, chapter 13, and it was about contentment. Being content, being satisfied, being okay with things the way they are at the current reality. And it like put me on full. Breaks. Like, you know, when you hit that red light when you're not expecting it and everybody slams up against the front of your car? That was me in that moment because I was so forward momentum. We're going to do this house and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to get rid of this ugly Berber carpet and I'm going to have beautiful travertine floors. And Freddie and I talked about it and we had all these plans. We were getting, qu- I mean, the whole thing, right? And so I just stopped at that morning and I was reading that chapter. And I was like, no, God, you totally don't want me to stay with this ugly carpet. Now, of everything in my life I could have thought of that I need to be content with, but I just, it was like one of those crystal clear moments. I'm like, not the carpet. Come on, God, it's in the budget. Come on. So I'm negotiating. So I'm like, okay, how about this, God? Like, like I'm, I'm influencing God, but in my head, I guess I was. So I tell him, okay, so for a month, I'm just gonna work at being content with this ugly, off-white, Berber, stained, and in my head, I, and smelly, I just threw out all the adjectives I could think of, right? This horrible carpet. For a month, God, and we'll just, we'll see where we are. I'm, and I know, God, you're just testing me, and I'm such an obedient servant, God, so I'm just gonna, that was sarcasm if you didn't catch it. Okay, so, anyway, all right, there we go. So, that's where I was, and this is what God was speaking to me during that time, about contentment. Now, um, I have some scriptures uh here by Paul, you guys may recognize Paul, those of you who aren't familiar with him. This was the guy who was anti-Jesus and he was going around because he was a very strong of the Jewish faith and he was going to rescue everybody from these Christians who were doing these horrible things. God met him on the road while he was on his way to persecute uh, some more Christians or believers at that time they were called. And uh, God spoke to him and Jesus became very real. He gave his life, changed his name from Saul to Paul. This guy was so ferocious in his desire to preach the gospel that he faced multiple times of prison, beaten, not just beaten with whips, but with rods and with stones almost to death a couple of times. He was in a shipwreck and stayed afloat for days out on the ocean while on his trips. All these things. He was even bitten by a poisonous snake one time while working in the name of Christ. And he had gone through all of these things. And I tell you this, and if you want to look it up, he wrote a whole thing about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. So if you want to read about some of the things that Paul went through, but he writes this to us in Philippians chapter 4 in verse 11 and 12. And I'm gonna turn around and read it on the screen because I have a different version. Yeah, there you go. I am not saying this, this is Paul talking. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Verse 12 I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I have learned to be content. So this is what the premise is I bring to you this morning. Yes, we want to better ourselves. I believe God wants us to be all that he created us to be but being content with our circumstances is a whole nother situation. Now our culture in Southern California is, uh, it's crazy at times because I look at how tightly we live to the budget of our finances. When I worked as a loan processor and a loan underwriter, the number is you are not supposed to be spending more than 30% of your total income for your housing, and that includes your taxes and the insurance for your home. I, I laugh at that because I think of my situation and how much of my income goes to my housing. And in Southern California, it's so expensive. Everybody I know are at that brink of just, if I can make my house payment, we'll get food somewhere. Right? If I I can pay my house payment, my rent payment, and utilities, we are way doing good this month. Right? But Paul says to be content. So, for my situation, looking at this carpet... I would sit on it in the morning. This is how dedicated I was for my month, because I'm a good girl, I'm a good Christian girl. I sat on the carpet, and I would pray, and I would say the words, God, I am content with this carpet. Now, of course, I'm sure he's like saying, yeah, right? Because he could see my real insides. But you know what? After a couple of days of actually sitting on the carpet, I started noticing they're they're not really that dirty. I'm like looking up close now without glasses and it's not really that bad. Like, okay, God, that you know my heart, I still want the travertine polished, zero grout line. That that's my God, you know, you know that's my heart, right? You want me to have the desires of my heart, right? Trying to pull scripture out on God. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul learned, and he tells us, there is a freedom in being content in whatever circumstance you find yourself in. Now, contentment doesn't always mean happy. Happy is fleeting. Happy comes and goes. Happy is when I catch the green light before it turns red on me. That makes me happy. But joy... That internal well-being and that peace that only God can fill you up with is that place where contentment finds root and you find freedom. And it starts in gratitude. Fostering gratitude. Because if you take good care of the gratitude in your life, contentment is just a byproduct of what that is. Now Nathan did an amazing job these last couple of weeks. He talked about gratitude, opening our eyes to see things that were already there but we were blinded because we were ungrateful for them or didn't recognize it. We just, we just missed it. That was me with the carpet. I was, I was so dissatisfied with it because I had dreams in other places. So I was very discontent at that moment. And then Nathan talked to us about last week about gratitude brings wholeness because it brings all the fragmented and the disconnected areas in back into alignment. And all of a sudden, gratitude brings everything and it just brings a whole new life. I would like to say that we can walk in these types of fulfillment no matter what journey we're on. And where you find yourself in this journey. <clears throat> Viktor Frankl was a, a, a psychologist from Austria. He was Jewish and he went through the Holocaust into Akkowitz, if I'm saying that correctly, and survived that horrible horrible concentration camp and what they did to all the people there. He was one of the few that survived. He went on to write many books, but one of his quotes, and I, and I loved it because when you, you think about going through a difficult time, my difficult time is that I have to choose if I want Domino's Pizza or if I want to go get, you know, uh, Little Caesars. I mean, that, that's difficult for me at times. They had difficulties in, they didn't know if they were going to live. He lost all his family. He was in the worst condition and he survived to write about it. One of his quotes, he says, the one thing you can't take away from me is the way I choose to respond to what you do to me. The last of one's freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. One of the greatest things, and I have said this for such a long time, and I hold it of high regard when I say one of God's greatest gifts is he lets us choose. Your choice is like having that little ratatouille on your head telling you which way to go. When you make a decision, you make a choice to be grateful. When you make a choice to be content, then all of a sudden the meal is good life turns differently. Your perspective and your paradigm shift, changes from woe is me to wow, look at all that I have. Instead of that internal combustion that's just burning up on the inside of you, it becomes an explosion on the outside to see the goodness of God. This became super real to me I'm doing so good on time. This became super real to me last year. Um, many of you know, some of you might not, my husband passed away in 2021. Um, and it was about this time of year, I was, I was having sort of a hard time with all the circumstances, uh, not sleeping well, the dreams of what I could have done, what I should have done. Was there any other answers? Was there any other way? All, all the things, the, the mourning, the loss. And one night, um, it had been maybe a couple of weeks and I just hadn't slept like through a night, which is not my normal life. I'm usually like super good sleeper. <laughs> and so I was, I was just, and I was going to bed and I, and I sort of threw up this, like, well, God, here we go again. I'm going to try and sleep. And I sort of threw it up there. And, and just as clear as could be, I heard, like, this voice come through, and it just said, what are you grateful for? I'm like, oh. now, now, I'm a personal life coach. That's one of the things that we do is we talk about gratitude a lot. So I'm like, I, I so wanted to dismiss it. I, I was just like, ugh, that's so cliche. What are you grateful for? I was just like, and then it came again. Say what you're grateful for out loud. It's me and my little dog in the room. That's all that's there. I'm like, why? It's not going to help anybody. I was, I was pretty not happy at the moment. I really thought it was stupid. <laughs> To say it out loud. So I'm like, okay, whatever, and the dog was on my feet so it was nice and cozy and warm. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm grateful for my stupid little dog. <laughs> I was really spiritual at the moment. <laughs> but it started, and then the next thing came. And I'm grateful that I get to be in this home. And I'm grateful that I have people around me that love me. And I'm grateful that even though I feel alone, I don't have to walk alone. And the gratitude crept in the places of pain. The calloused areas where I didn't want to feel anymore. And gratitude started a whole new process inside of me. I slept that night. All night. And I woke up with a different attitude in the morning. But I still had to make that choice. To be grateful in the circumstance that I didn't think I should be. There's so many scriptures that Paul writes about gratitude. One of the ones Brandon shared this morning, and I was like, dude, quit speaking my message, man. You're not supposed to do that. In 1 Thessalonians chapter five, I will re-say it. It says, be unceasing and persistent in prayer. That sounds grandiose, but talking to God, right? And in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. In every circumstance, no matter what's going on. Now, it doesn't say I was grateful for what happened, but I can be grateful for God because He's always worthy. He's always the same. And I know that my God is good even when I don't understand it. So gratitude makes space for God to move inside of my life. I just want to hit on this, and I'm going to do it very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 Do you guys have that one, Nana, did I send it over to you? There we go. Remember this, that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, Paul says this in about four of his uh, letters to the early churches. Because there is a process by which when you Put things out. When you plant seed, that's sowing, when you sow seed, then from that seed that you have planted, you reap or you gather or you grow a harvest back. Now, with gratitude, when you put gratitude out into the world, you will reap back the blessings that God has already have set aside for you. But now it's available for you to take in. Now there's another scripture, and I think it's in Galatians chapter six, it says, um, talks about the whole thing, again, sowing and reaping. And he says, that and only that you shall reap. In other words, only the seeds you, I thought about that. I'm like, what if I had to live only by the seeds of the words and the things that I have put out into the world and that's the only thing I get to live back off of? What would my life look like? And I was just like, ooh, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy when I don't deserve it. You show up even though I didn't plant that seed but it's still available for me. I maybe not, didn't seek out that friend but they still came and found me. Thank you, God, that your support showed up right when I needed it, God. He's so good and gracious. But I'm telling you, gratitude is the ground in which those seeds grow. Gratitude makes the difference. Wherever you are going and whatever you are going through. I have a saying that goes like this. Whatever you look for, that's what you'll find. If you put on a pair of glasses of gratitude, you will see so much more provision for your life. But if you want to hold on to your sparingly small mindset of what about me and who's going to do for me, you will miss out on what God has for you. That's some mama words. That's how I talk to my kids. So what are you looking for? Are you looking at the dirty carpet in your front room that you just feel like you can't stand anymore, like I was? Maybe that very thing that you are so frustrated in your life right now, that person who just won't stop. If maybe you could find a place of gratitude Maybe they're very irritating, but you can be grateful that they are consistent. (laughs) Right, well, I know what to expect. There's provision in there, and it might be the person who reaches out to you when you're at your lowest. We don't know, but God does. So what you look for is what you're gonna find. Being content where you are and giving God gratitude, speaking it out loud. And making room for those seeds to be planted is going to bring a harvest that you can walk through this life with all the goodness that God has available for you. And here's my challenge for you. The picture of little Roxy. Forget about that stupid ball. Reach for the toy. God is available for you right now. It's not, when I arrive, I can be grateful, right now. You can change the trajectory of your life by grabbing the whole thing that God has available for you. Taste and see that God is good. He is generous, he is loving, he is good. You may not understand the circumstance you're in right now, Believe me, I am still in that conversation with God, but he's still good, and he holds me, and I'm grateful I stayed. I'm grateful for each one of you. So many of you have spoken into my life, and I pray that God sends people to speak into your lives. But this morning, I, would, I just wanna pray a simple prayer, not elaborate. But I would ask that you would join with me, that we can make a commitment. We are walking towards Thanksgiving, whether you're ready or not. If you don't have your turkey, go get it. We are headed towards Thanksgiving. And and we made this proclamation all those years ago of, like, we are making a day to to set aside a day to proclaim thanks. Let's embrace it. Grab that toy of thankfulness and gratitude foster it taste and see the goodness of God this morning let's pray father I thank you so much you're unchanging you loved me before I loved you and you still love me today and I thank you that every person here is so loved and desired and wanted by you God I pray right now that their hearts are open, that they are able to consume and see the goodness of God, and that, Lord, through gratitude, they would be able to embrace the awesomeness that you have set up for them. God, I pray right now that as they make decisions within their minds right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just tug at their hearts one more time. Speak freedom into those areas of hardness, Lord. Speak freedom into areas of bondage, years of unforgiveness. God, I pray that it just breaks through those barriers right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, and I'm grateful. I taste and I see that you are the goodness of this whole world, Father. And so I trust you. In Jesus' name, bless these people, bless their thanksgiving, their relationships, their conversations, and all that's attached to that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.